Camp Kaiju Monster Movie Reviews. We're your hosts, Matt Levine. And Vincent Hannum. And we are talking about all of our favorite monster movies, the good, the bad, and the downright campy, and asking if they stand the test of time. Traditional kaiju, creature features, space invaders, the supernatural, and everything in between. All strange beasts are welcome here. Camp Kaiju is sponsored by Zach Linder and the Zach Pack, powered by Coldwell Bank and Realty. Your source for real estate, home rehab, fixing and flipping for investor clients, and residential buyers. Reach out to the Zach Pack today for real estate services, follow the Zach Pack on social media, and contact the Zach Pack for investment opportunities. Links in the bio. Hey Vincent, how you doing? Hey Matt, I'm good. A little worn out from uh, my play, but otherwise good. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Well, you know, change is afoot in both of our lives. I started a new job recently, so mm. a little exhausted from that as well. But that's not as exciting as a horror play that you have going on in the Twin Cities Horror Festival right now. So let's start with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Hand That Washed Ashore opened last Friday, part of the Twin Cities Horror Festival, um, a week-long extravaganza of horror-themed plays and as of this recording and potential release um we are in the final weekend here um the last weekend of october so if you're listening to this on saturday october 28th there's a 4 30 p.m show that hey show up and see if you can get a ticket but we've had some sold out houses which is incredible i highly recommend it i saw the show last friday the 21st or the 20th i can't it must have been the 20th yeah yeah um i loved it it's so fun uh you know maybe not surprising for for the creator of camp kaiju but there is so much camp in the play it's very very funny um it's a it's a little gory like i wasn't sure how the play was gonna pull off the whole like dismembered hand thing but that it's it's done in a really fun way um and the story's really cool it has the you know, like I'm a uh, personally, I'm a big fan of the movie The Fog by John Carpenter, and I feel like the play definitely has that sort of ghost pirate ship kind of vibe, you know. Um, so yeah, it's so much fun. If you have a chance to see it on Saturday the 28th, uh, check it out. It's great. I love the Fog reference. Um, yeah, and I and I love that the show I was able to include some elements of like a ghost nautical theme um, among the. Uh, the namesake hand, the disembodied appendage that uh, goes on a killing spree. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great homage to that kind of classic ghost story style. Um, I really love the character names, too. Like, I can imagine you, like, <laughs> loving a movie with characters named Dutch and Mac and stuff like that, you yep. know? Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that. They're all one syllable. I wanted that, like, classic like dumb macho name like nicknames people have for each other mac and pit and chub (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah uh there's something very satisfying about that characters like like summed up in one syllable you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) well thanks man i appreciate that it's great it's so much fun um yeah you know again if people out there if you have a chance to see it uh, you know, hopefully in the Twin Cities Horror Fest, but maybe it'll have an extended run beyond that too. We'll we'll see. But maybe. And if anyone's interested in producing it themselves, hit me up. Um, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not opposed to a, a little plug here. If you all want to, uh, any theater producers out there want to do it. I love it. Nice. I, I you know I was kind of hoping that like the first row. Oh well, did I cut you off? Sorry. No, no. Go on. Go on. Well, I was just hoping that like the first row of the audience would be like a splash zone where you would be like covered in fake blood, like at a Gallagher show or something, you know, where you yeah. get like watermelon all over you. I was, <laughs> I was hoping that would be the case. Um, that so you know, if it is staged again, I highly recommend that. Yeah, that's the Broadway version, right? We're we're we gotta work up towards a million dollar budget. Yeah, but yeah, that'd sure. be the dream. Yeah, splash of course flood zone. People have to wear like parkas and stuff to yeah. make sure they don't get covered. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, what I was going to say was um, tying it into your um, creative endeavors. So I'm still reading your novel, Hollow. Mm. And I got to a really uh, great part, this demon. And oh, oh, it was um, it was the letter that the, the police officer is in the basement of the library. And he's reading the letters of uh, Grange, the, the founding settler of the town. Mm-hmm. And there's some like spooky um, and enchantments or like native language. Um, I don't know. Warnings. Like warnings. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I came in your book. In the Ojibwe language, you talk, you use the word Manadu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it translates as. Um is it, it it's demon or something like that right or devil yeah devil yeah that's yeah. did you catch that's the name of the island in my play uh, yeah i did i was like oh that sounds familiar and it took me a while and i was like oh yeah that's where i know that from yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great minds think alike that's so cool i just loved it like oh yep matt also wrote a story set in the upper midwest we both took inspiration we we're like let's uh dip into some native uh, inhabitants of the of the region and use their language with totally respect. yeah yeah A- absolutely yeah i feel like that kind of like sums up our um uh our influences in a way like we love genre fiction obviously we love horror but also like a dash of like social and political commentary and like paying respect to you know um inhabitants of the land and the people who originally lived on this land so i was very very cool or i was very excited and um happy to to hear that in your play as well yeah <laughs> cool cool well links links in the bio to my play but also matt's novel hollow which i would recommend if you like um like a like a cop small town mysterious goings ons uh, with with a lot of demons, which is a good time. It's a scary, spooky, good time. Thank you. Yes, and I would describe your play the same way. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's the perfect time of year to to dip your toe in some midwestern horror. So Ooh, yeah. please do. Um, yeah. So you know, uh, thank you all for listening to the podcast. As always, we really appreciate you out there. Uh, thanks in particular to our patrons, Jason, Kelly, Peggy, and our anonymous donor. We really appreciate your support. Um, please rate and review Camp Kaiju wherever you listen. You can also share this podcast with a friend and send us listener comments at campkaiju at gmail.com. Uh, always happy to hear from our audience. Please send us if you have any recommendations for future episodes. If you have any thoughts about past episodes, please do let us know. Uh, Vincent, what's going on at our website? Camp Kaiju movie reviews.com is the place to go for past episodes of the podcast, as well as, um, current events and news we got going on, uh, monster related, usually in the twin cities. Yeah. It's just a great place to go, um, for additional monster movie content, as well as our Instagram camp underscore Kaiju. Absolutely. And yeah, that's another great place to send us your comments on the Instagram. So uh, if that's easier, please check us out there. We have some great episodes coming up as well. What what do we have coming up in the pod, Vincent? Yeah, we're we're finally getting out of October, but uh, we do have one more movie. I think that um, it's just a classic October movie. It's it's not a bad movie. I, I would say this is like a so good. It's a good movie. Uh, Joe Dante's The Howling from 1981. Is that right? I believe so. Let me confirm that. That sounds right, though. I know it's the movie that he made in between Piranha and Gremlins. So it's in like, I mean, he had a great long career, uh, but that's like the sweet spot of his career, maybe. Yeah. And Joe Dante, I think, is a, a titan of monster cinema with those titles you just mentioned there. Um, so very excited to talk about a werewolf movie in addition to Joe Dante's work. Um, And after that, we will go back to some classic Kaiju with 1995's Gamera guardian of the universe. So uh, we'll finally get some Gamera back on the podcast. 
I can't wait. I, I love, I think we've only talked about the first and original Gamera movie on the pod so far, which I loved. I I, I was a huge fan of that movie. Well, it was, that was actually Gamera versus Gauss, which I think is third in the series. Oh, you know, I saw the original Gamera on my own. We didn't talk about it on the oh, pod. Yeah. Um, but I did love it. And I loved Gamera versus Gauss as well. Thank you for the reminder of that. Mm-hmm. That's a very, very solid Kaiju movie. Well, you'll, you're in for a treat because... Guess who plays antagonist in Gamera Garden of Guardian of the Universe? Is it Gauss? It is Gauss. The return of Gauss. Oh wow! Is there another <laughs> scene where Gauss just like spits blood like a geyser all over the city? <laughs> You'll just have to wait and find out. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. Cool. Well, yeah, some good stuff coming up. Uh, in my opinion, the best werewolf movie ever made, and The Howling. I'm, you know, mm. spoiler alert, I suppose. Um, as well as a classic kaiju from the 90s. So you can't go wrong. It sounds great. No, that yeah, I'm excited to, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed these uh, best of the worst films we've been covering, but, you know, I think it's time to get back to some uh, some fruit and vegetables. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's uh, get off the yeah. candy. <laughs> Read our bodies right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, cinematically, I have not had very much nutrition recently, so it'll be good to get back into some good stuff for sure. No. Uh, speaking of which, tonight we're talking about another in the so good it's bad. Wait, so bad it's good camp. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, the Toxic Avenger from 1984, an infamous production by Troma Studios. So yeah, this is, you know, as Vincent said, kind of like the last of like the uh, the trashy, sleazy, grade Z kind of productions that we've been talking <laughs> about recently. Um, did you, what what is your personal history with this movie, Vincent? Uh, I had never seen it until this year, until like two weeks ago. Um, but it's a title, it's, you know, it's a, it's a name I'd always heard about. I think there was a, an animated series at some point way back in the day. So honestly, all I knew it was some sort of pseudo superhero with pollution. That was my only impression. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I it's well, we'll talk about this later. There was like a it spawned, you know, like sequels. Uh, that Saturday morning cartoon show that you're that you were just mentioning. Uh, there's even a remake that was recently made that's been kind of touring film festivals over the last couple months um so hopefully that will get a a release um sometime soon but but yeah this movie kind of spawned you know a whole franchise which if you watch the original one it's like really this movie (laughs) spawned all this but we'll we'll get into that shortly yeah yeah um and yeah i'll just add that like i did see this a long time ago i remember when i went to uw milwaukee for undergrad, they the UWM Union Cinema, which is a great cinema. If you're in the Milwaukee area, check it out. Um, they played a bunch of trauma movies when I went to school there. Um, Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD is one of the movies that I saw as part of that series. Um, and this one as well, The Toxic Avenger. It's uh, the only thing I really remembered about it is that it's very gory, very shocking. And very sleazy, which, you know, I mean, that that all pretty much holds up. So, uh, yeah, it was good to revisit it. That's all I really remember. OK, great. Well, I'm looking forward to talking to you about it. Indeed. Yeah. On that note, should we dive into the plot synopsis? Yeah, let's do it. OK, we have Melvin Ferd Junko III, and he is a janitor at a health club in Tromaville, New Jersey, where the bullying, amoral, ultraviolent customers harass him constantly. One day, in a prank gone awry, they chase him around the health club and out a second-story window, where he falls into a drum of toxic waste. After returning home, where he lives with his mom, and trying to heal himself in his bathtub, he discovers that he's been transformed into the titular superhero, a deformed mutant with superhuman size and strength. The Toxic Avenger then starts cleaning up the repugnant denizens of Tromaville, including drug dealers, thieves, and corrupt politicians. After his mother kicks him out of the house, the Toxic Avenger starts living in a local junkyard. The residents of Tromaville begin hailing him as a hero as he continues ridding the town of its criminal element. He soon enters into a relationship with a blind woman named Sarah, whom he saves from an, from an attempted rapist. The two of them leave the junkyard in an effort to stop the Toxic Avenger's vigilante rampage, but they're discovered by Tromaville's disgusting Mayor Belgoody. The mayor and the police are about to kill the Toxic Avenger, but the residents of Tromaville come to his aid. 
and the Toxic Avenger rips out the mayor's entrails in a final act of gruesome justice. That is a spoiler, but it's also a perfect encapsulation of this movie's sense of gore and humor, I guess, if you could call it that. So yeah, that, that is the Toxic Avenger in a nutshell. Yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a ride. Um, is the term trauma like a genre thing? It's actually the production studio, Trauma Studios. Um, I don't think it really has like any, you know, origin beyond that. Of course, it's pretty close to the word trauma. I don't know if they're, it's kind mm. of like a spin on that. Um, but yeah, Tromaville definitely is like a play on the production studio. Um, okay. Yeah. I was talking to someone recently and they, they used the word trauma to describe a genre of film. I do think that Trauma Studios has kind of become synonymous with like grade Z campy ultra violent like Splatterfest movies. Yeah. I don't think this movie was like the or you know their movies were the first to kind of like introduce that genre, but they're probably maybe the most infamous group of movies that did so. Okay. So that makes sense. I a connection made that I I was yeah, very ignorant of. I was like, "Oh, just reading the the synopsis now is like Tromaville. Oh, interesting. That's I I just heard that term recently. Yeah, yeah. I it's kind of like a dubious badge of honor, you know? Like I think Troma is kind of you know, like just with a few other Troma Studio movies that I've seen, like Tromeo and Juliet is another one that came out in the <laughs> 90s. And you can probably imagine what that's like just from Yikes. the name and from watching this movie. Um so you know, I, I feel like they're kind of like proudly bad movies. Yeah, that's maybe the easiest way to describe them. Oh, for sure. I mean, the Toxic Avenger wore its its style on its sleeve. Yeah, it, you know, it was very proud of of what it is. In that way, I guess you could say it it should be. It did it very well. Right. Yeah. For better or worse, like we'll we'll talk about whether or not that's a good thing. But but yeah, it definitely achieves what it sets out to do. So yeah, impressive in its own way. <laughs> um yeah i mean this is the kind of movie where you know we uh vincent mentioned the uh amoral ultra violent customers of the health spot and like in an early scene in this movie they go out of their way to run over a kid riding his bike and then like back up to like crush him like crush the kid you know uh it's like a very gory disturbing shocking scene and uh that is you know that i feel like that movie or sorry that scene kind of like sums up what this movie is trying to do um yeah we'll talk about that more later yeah 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 okay <laughs> um but just yeah just to convey how gross this movie is in uh -huh. but anyway we can we'll we'll talk about the uh the directors here a little bit who also were the co-founders of trauma studios mm. uh their names are michael hertz and lloyd kaufman uh kaufman worked under the pseudonym samuel vile or Weil maybe on on this film he ha has a surprisingly kind of like pedigreed history. He attended Yale University with Oliver Stone and George W. Bush. It's, you know, who who was the most and least prestigious of that group of people is up for debate. I won't comment on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman, he originally, I think, studied, uh, what was it, literature or something like that? But anyway, he he soon realized that he really loved movies. He he discovered directors. He didn't discover them, but you know, yes. personally, yeah. he like uh, discovered directors like Ernst Lubitsch, John Ford, Kenji Mizuguchi, and just fell in love with movies at that point. Hmm. And you know, watching the Toxic Avenger, it's like ah, it's okay. This movie is nothing like those directors, but that's cool. <laughs> he you know he actually worked on some like surprisingly good movies when he was first starting out. He was the loca location scout uh, for movies like Rocky with Sylvester Stallone and Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta. Um, so yeah, started off as a producer, location scout, kind of um, got a start in the movie industry that way. Pretty quickly realized that he didn't want to work in the studio system anymore. Uh, he directed some adult films in the 70s under the pseudonym Louis Sue and then founded Troma Studios with Michael Hertz in the late 70s. Wow. All right. Uh, Michael Hertz also attended Yale, and supposedly the two of them didn't get along at first. Um, Kaufman said the only reason they hung out is because Hertz owned a pinball machine and Kaufman had a TV in his dorm room. 
yeah, why not? <laughs> there are worse <laughs> ways to get kids to hang out with each other. Um, Hertz studied law, but was passionate about movies as well and reached out to um, Kaufman after the latter produced Cry Uncle. And it was their experience producing the 1980 sci-fi film The Final Countdown that made them vow never to work with a major production studio again. Right, which is like kind of admirable that they were like, all right, we're going to get out of the studio system. But then, you know, the movies they made as a result of getting out of that system... Are they better? Are they worse? That's, you know, again, up for debate. So, Um, but also at least the toxic Avenger, a cultural phenomenon. Yes, for sure. And, and very non Hollywood. I mean, you know, and it's kind of like uh, grungy aesthetic in it's sort of shocking subject matter. This could not really be any further from Hollywood. So yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have a thought about, um, about the violence just real quick. I don't know if, if we, talk about this later on but i've i've continued my journey down the friday the 13th franchise matt you're gonna <laughs> love this just keep you're gonna you're gonna fall in love with jason Voorhees. And, uh <laughs> if you like like definitely like four through seven is like a good sweet spot for for jason as a as like a frankenstein monster unstoppable force of camp but my point is um, these are Hollywood movies by this point. And the MPAA had a hand in censoring so much of the violence in those movies. They're actually <clears throat> not very gory. You don't see the violence on screen often, which ironic because I thought you would. But the Toxic Avenger clearly was not playing by the rules with the any ratings board. And I just find that like these two contemporary films wildly different in how they got away with violence. Yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, and that brings up the question, like, um, is gore like an art form in itself? Like, I definitely have talked to a lot of people who are just like, I don't handle gore very well. I don't like ultraviolence. I think it's like a cheap thing for horror movies to do. Um, and then some other people who are like, yeah, like the nastier, the better, you know, like I want brains and guts everywhere. Uh, and I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I feel like if gore is stylishly done, then I'm totally into it. Like, I love a lot of Italian horror movies from the 60s and 70s, but it you can certainly overdo it. And I think if that's like all that your movie is about, that's probably not a great thing, you know? Maybe it just comes down to taste. But like for me, I... There were moments in the Toxic Avenger that kind of just made my stomach feel a little queasy. Yeah. Which, to be fair, to to the Avengers credit, um, no other movie has done that to me. Whoa, really? No other movie has made No, I mean, I don't watch a lot of... I don't watch movies this violent. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm being affected by this film, which is great. But it doesn't mean I I enjoy it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's like the that's the interesting like philosophical aspect of it, you know, like if it instills a reaction that's like, you know, admirable in a way, maybe, but like, um, <laughs> it, it depends on like the reaction that it's eliciting, I guess, you know, right, right. It's, it's the most subjective thing in the world. Right. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that like the later Friday, the 13th movies get better because I've only seen the first three. And it sounds like those were like the bad ones. And then it got better from there. So, um, uh we can circle back to this conversation by the end let's get through the toxic avenger first yeah that's that sounds good (laughs) um so it's it was really you know because this was such a low budget movie made independently a lot of the cast and crew was like fairly anonymous there is not really a lot of information that i was able to find about them (laughs) um you know for better or worse uh uh, the screenplay is by joe ritter although it's based on a story by Lloyd Kaufman. The cinematography is by James London and Lloyd Kaufman, so Kaufman apparently just did everything on this movie. Uh, editing is by Richard W. Haynes. Uh, yeah, that's that, That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fascinating trivia. Um, well, the cast is, you know, equally memorable. Mitch Cohen as Melvin the Toxic Avenger. Andre Miranda as Sarah. Pat Ryan Jr. as Mayor Bell Goody. It's such a non-professional cast. Yeah, like you said, it's uh, light reading. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. 
and we could you know we could say the names of the actors who play the many many sort of like repugnant sleazy violent uh residents of tromaville but but let's not that's that's what i said we don't, <laughs> don't have to <laughs> wouldn't really be too much help they do have a certain like look to them though you know like they all embody like early 80s sleaze which is kind oh. of impressive yeah, which is an aesthetic in and of itself. Totally, this yeah. Is, this is such an '80s movie. It's grungy. It's it's got a level of punk to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mildly racist in its in its stereotypes and caricatures of of human beings. <laughs> yeah, not to mention homophobic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Transphobic, maybe even. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. This is the kind of movie that is just like revels in how offensive and shocking it is, which, yeah, again, I mean, not great. Since since we're we're uh, picking at this scab, um, um, uh, ableist, I think the the toxic Avenger before he becomes the superhero is a very poor portrayal of a um uh, maybe mentally impaired learning yes, disabilities. Yes, yeah. Yep. Uh the blind. Yep. Uh this movie just takes takes no mercy on any one group. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So I mean that's why it's so divisive, right? I mean, like some viewers will be like, Yeah, like nothing is sacred, make fun of anything possible. That's great. And you know, if you're easily offended by, you know, movies or TV shows or whatever, though, this probably is not the movie for you. No. <laughs> for many, many reasons. Yeah, so like as we mentioned, uh, the film was produced by Troma Studios. Again, just like a proudly grade Z production studio. Uh, They started off with sex comedies like Cry Uncle and Squeeze Play that were made in the mid to late 70s. Um, And then at that point, the studio's co-founder, again, Lloyd Kaufman, um, decided to shift to horror when he read that horror movies were no longer popular. So I think part of it was that he wanted to like prove that theory wrong. And part of it maybe was just like, oh, if if nobody likes them, this would be an easy genre to break into. So Mm. Trauma Studios kind of made the shift at that point. The Toxic Avenger was not the studio's first horror movie. That would be a movie called Mother's Day, which I have not seen. It's from 1980. It's a rape revenge horror movie. And after looking up the synopsis on Wikipedia, I don't think I will ever watch it. But we'll see. (laughs) We'll see if that happens. I don't know. It sounds like a class act to me. (laughs) yeah from the makers of the toxic avenger how could it not be right (laughs) i do have to say just uh i do like the i i do think the premise of the toxic avenger is very different for its time um it's a superhero movie long before our modern you know ideas of what the superhero genre is i mean you had superman by the 80s but i don't know i wouldn't say that like superhero was a genre yeah right yeah i mean like you know you had the batman tv show i guess and of course comic books but um but yeah this especially with just how like um graphic and again grungy this movie is like it really did seem like its own thing you're right about that yeah the I like this note. Kaufman got the inspiration to set the film partially in a health club when scouting locations for Rocky. That connection just blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, many great things came out of Rocky, but this movie is lower on the list, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, the Toxic Avenger was shot in various locations in New Jersey and New York on a budget of only $500,000. Um, I do enjoy the 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 onset or sorry, the um, what's the 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 real location shooting of of the film? Yeah, it just confirms my suspicion that all of New Jersey is a very sleazy state. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of all I, the things it makes fun of, I cannot <laughs> abide by New Jersey. No, I can't. Everyone make fun of New Jersey. Uh, some scenes were cut during the editing process, including those showing the burgeoning relationship between Toxie, as our hero is um, nicknamed, and Sarah, and more scenes involving the bullies at the health club and the mayor's henchmen. It did poorly upon its initial re- release, but soon found an audience um, with an extensive midnight movie engagement at a theater in Greenwich Village, Bleecker Street Cinema. 
which totally makes sense for this type of movie. Mm-hmm. It's it, it went on to become a cult classic, spawned numerous sequels. A Saturday morning cartoon, which I've actually never seen. Have you Me either. Okay. No, I I just can't fathom how that happened. Like, were there any <laughs> kids who loved the cartoon and then saw this movie as a result and were like traumatized? You know, or traumatized as the case may be. Oh, I feel like that was a thing though. Like, um, what am I? What am I? There's other franchises that were wildly inappropriate for children in the '80s. Oh, RoboCop became oh, yeah. like a string of of toys and merchandise and. And it's like that movie is not appropriate for children. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. Different time, I guess. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a reboot, as you mentioned, uh, that came out this year. I don't know if it's a reboot, but I don't know. I I honestly don't know anything about it. I know Peter Dinklage is is in it, which is neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has a pretty good cast. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Page, who's in the movie Zola, which is really fantastic, is in the reboot as well. Jacob Tremblay, who is in the movie Room, which is also a good movie. Not the room, but Room. Uh, So maybe not surprisingly, critical response to this movie varies widely. Um, I feel like even Vincent in my conversation here kind of reflects that a little bit. Um, (laughs) When it first came out, Stephen Holden of the New York Times actually gave it a pretty good review and said, uh, well, he he complimented the movie's maniacally farcical sense of humor. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, Keith Phipps of the AV Club wrote, it is too self-consciously parodic to be good kitsch and too gross to be all that fun. Yeah, I can see I can see both of their points. They're valid for sure. Yeah, that's the thing with this movie. It, it, it is everything at once, which is like the truly off-putting and, and the truly like uh, maybe maybe amazing. Just like you did that in a movie, <laughs> put a man in a pizza oven <laughs> what yeah <laughs> right it's amazing per- yeah killed a person with like an ice cream machine in a restaurant yeah uh, yeah like that like i guess i i i tend to um fixate on on the murder of the kid on the bicycle yeah but that aside i mean the other people getting killed in this movie are bad guys so you don't feel sad right but maybe you do actually that's a that's a note i had (laughs) what is what is it too much like right (laughs) look maybe even a a a common street criminal deserves some sort of um, protection from cruel and unusual punishment (laughs) (laughs) right yeah i mean like if i i agree with keith phipps sometimes it's just like too gross that it's like not really fun anymore you know um well i'll bring up some specific examples later but yeah yeah, it's 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 very very gory yeah yeah (laughs) now is probably a good time for our sponsor break yeah let's do it (laughs) we'll go from from gore and uh sleaze and offensiveness to our sponsor break uh (laughs) camp camp kaiju is sponsored by zach linder and the zach pack powered by coldwell banker realty your source for real estate, home rehab, fixing and flipping for investor clients, and residential buyers. Reach out to the Zach Pack today for real estate services, follow the Zach Pack on social media, and contact the Zach Pack for investment opportunities. Links in the bio. Vincent, do we have anything in Minia's mailbox today? We don't. We did have something maybe on YouTube. Um, but I can't find it. I've been trying to find it. Um, so maybe I'll just take this chance to let you know where I'm at with Friday the 13th. So <clears throat> the first three movies are, I would say, and I'm only on eight right now, Jason Takes Manhattan. The first three do their best to convey. I mean, they're they're super cheap. And I would say the scariest in the franchise. <clears throat> Four you start getting into like some more action, some, some more camp, just like intended humor. Um, and then five, six, and seven, just take the, 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 take the character into the realm of no longer being human. It's like, Oh, Oh, now, now you're the undead. Now you're a walking killer zombie, which is really when you just go with it. Um, it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, that sounds cool. It makes me want to watch them. Yeah, <laughs> but watch them in order because uh, there is actually a through line, mm. which is also really compelling. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I didn't I didn't expect much from the series, but now I actually want to watch them. Me neither. And maybe it's because my bar was so low that <laughs> <laughs> it can be a pleasant surprise sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched Freddy versus Jason yet? No, not yet. OK, I haven't seen that whole movie, but I did watch part of it on TV recently on HBO. So it was uncut and it seemed pretty fun. Yeah, like uh, ridiculous, but fun. So uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, you know, from what I saw, that seemed pretty good. Uh, if I can, I would also like to take this opportunity to shout out another horror movie that I rewatched recently. That's really great. Uh, Phantasm from 1979. Mm. I think the original one was, uh, maybe it was 77, but anyway, I saw it a long time ago and then I rewatched it again recently. The only thing that I really remembered from my first viewing was like the famous, like flying ball that like drills into people's heads and like sprays blood everywhere. Um, which is a cool, very cool effect, very stylish and really shocking. But the movie itself is really great. It's very surreal. It's really well shot and beautiful. It's actually kind of like a coming of age story for the main character who's like a preteen boy. Um, Really, really good. It holds up very well. So uh, yeah, Phantasm. Check it out if you haven't seen it. I will. Yeah, definitely. And that movie has, I think, five or six sequels, which are not supposed to be very good. Whoa. But um, <laughs> So yeah, I would like to watch them now, and uh, I'll report back to you on those at some point. Please do. Cool. Back to the Toxic Avenger. Um, you know, I have to admit, there are some themes in this movie. There's, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, even without seeing this movie, I knew it had to do with pollution and environmentalism. Um, and that's still very much the case. And I think... I think that is one. So yes, um, toxicity in the environment, but also as a metaphor for like the city's decay. Uh, you see this a lot in 1980s American films, um, mm-hmm. the urban decay, crime, um, political corruption, even even with the Toxic Avenger, it, it takes it all together. It literally personifies it in toxic but he's a good guy so that's you know he's not maybe he's a one good thing to come of all this stuff but i like your note about toxic masculinity which is funny but but yeah it's true, but it's and he's like a he's like a frankenstein monster with the blind man so he has a girlfriend sarah who's blind and the only person who can love him because she can't see him and judge him for his appearance so that's a resonant theme as well yeah, for sure. Like, I, I think, you know, he's the least toxic character, the least toxic thing in the movie. That's kind mm-hmm. of, of course, the irony of it. Right. Um, yeah, like, you know, there's they're like dumping all this toxic waste on like this beachfront property. And of course, the evil mayor is like, let's build a like a vacation spot there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like everything, everything is sleazy and violent and amoral and greedy in this movie. Like, certainly like the environmental pollution the political corruption just the um pervasiveness of drugs and violence on the streets mm-hmm. uh and you know like the toxic masculinity thing that you mentioned like the the bullies at the health club who are like both the male and the female bullies are just like cartoonishly awful like just the worst people you could ever possibly meet in your life um and i you know i kind of admire the fact that this movie is just like everything sucks like in reagan america in like 1984 which is the year i was born by the way and i can't help but feel like this is an accurate representation of the year in which i was born um (laughs) you know like just there's like nothing redeemable in society it's so over the top about that and it presents that in like kind of like a a very juvenile like sophomoric way but i i think it is pretty cynical about like the state of things in general at the time you know yeah Uh, Which, yeah, I mean, I kind of admire it. I I do wish there was a little bit more like depth and nuance to that theme. But but yeah, it's there for sure. But that's yeah. I feel like Robocop, to go back to that again, is. Maybe I would say just as violent, but gives me that depth of like humanity. I think maybe that you're you're wanting from the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, RoboCop is great. And that that straddles like a very difficult line of being ultra violent and very bleak and pessimistic and cynical. But yeah, like you said, also having that human element and something to actually uh, compel you, you know, like something that makes it dramatically powerful, I think. But we're saying this and we're we're knocking the Toxic Avenger. But I do I think we should say that the Toxic Avenger is a comedy as well mm-hmm. in yeah. ways that RoboCop isn't right. Right. Like they're they're directed very differently. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think a lot of the comedy in this movie kind of comes from like being as um, over the top as possible. And that has limited appeal to me. Like, well, you know, I'll save my commentary for later, I guess. Or maybe I won't because I'm talking about it right now. But (laughs) uh, so, yeah, it's like it it is a comedy, but it's like it's hard to laugh at some of the like really shocking offensive stuff in this movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah. More on that later. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe there's something in this movie too about like people's obsession with violence. You know, the toxic Avenger does become this vigilante hero in Tromaville, even though he's like dispatching with criminals in like the most gruesome, violent, gory ways possible. And we see that at the end where like he uh, like rips out the mayor's guts, like in front of like the whole town and everybody's like cheering and like, mm. you know, yeah, toxic Avenger, our yeah. hero. And it's like, it's very disgusting. Um, and like to the extent where I'm like, ah, oh, maybe this is like a comment on people who like this movie, like who get off on this like extreme gore or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, I might be giving it a little bit too much credit, but I think that kind of like self-reflexive commentary is there too. Yeah, I think it's it's a thread we could pull. Yeah, yeah. A a a, a gut, an intestine we could pull. <laughs> That's the good good metaphor. I like it. <laughs> exposing the uh gaping cadaver that is the toxic avenger (laughs) that is our western consumer culture (laughs) oh i love that that's that's the full quote for the (laughs) podcast episode right there (laughs) drink every time we talk about capitalism on this show (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, you'll be drunk in no time it'll be great All right. So what what about the form and aesthetic of the movie? It is like deliberately ugly and, you know, maybe poorly made, but maybe not. What do you think? Well, that was so interesting to me because I I watched it on Tubi and I was immediately taken by the poor quality of the print. Mm. But unlike Day of the Triffids, which was equally poor on Tubi, I felt like this was more a result of of intention than just like you know uh, a good print being lost to time so i don't know what do you what do you think about that that's interesting i watched it on amazon and i watched a version called the toxic avenger remastered and uh i feel like maybe they remastered it a little bit too well because the version that I watched was like pretty neat and crisp. It looked honestly pretty good. Mm. Uh, the colors were like pretty vibrant and good looking for the most part. Um, like the the junkyard, for example, is like these, they're like eye popping like greens and reds and blues. And it's like, whoa, this looks way better than I thought it would. Oh, wow. So I actually feel like maybe it would, I feel like in, originally it was meant to look a lot worse than the version that I saw. <laughs> um, I don't I don't really know how to feel about that, you know, like. I, I'm glad that it looked good, but I was like, yeah, this doesn't seem appropriate for this movie. Yeah, weird. Oh, yeah, because that the, the version I saw, I, I'm not going to say it was as vibrant as what you're describing. Mm. Um, I was taken by the sunset, you know, when yeah. when Toxie is running in the foreground or like in the background and there's like a big landscape shot. It was really nice. And even on the, the Tubi version, I could tell, oh, this is a really nice shot, but I didn't get I wouldn't say my my edition popped with color. Huh. I I sort of want to watch the Tubi version now to see how I feel about it, but I also don't know if I like this movie well enough to watch it again. Maybe a couple years <laughs> down the road I will do so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know it's I mean like the it is shot some of it is shot in New York City and I I thought that stuff looked pretty good. Like the the twin towers are like the first thing that we see in the movie, which is just you got to be struck by that nowadays, you know. Yeah, so yeah. 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 I think there are some other like pretty pretty good production qualities in this movie. 
There's a car chase that's actually not bad, um, surprisingly. Some dangerous special effect or stunt effects, I should say, that I can't believe nobody was killed in the making of this movie. I'm glad nobody <laughs> was, obviously. Um, and, you know, like we, we talked about, like, the disgusting gore effects, and they're actually pretty good. Like, the yeah. makeup on the Toxic Avenger, as well as some of the, like, really shocking deaths in this movie, including one scene in particular where somebody's head is crushed by a weight machine um really just dis really disgusting moment uh i was like oh that's this is really gross but it actually is done pretty well you know yeah i'd agree with that um so i i you know i wish i knew who did the makeup for this movie i was not able to find that but whoever it was did a pretty good job yeah one part that's not super realistic maybe thankfully is the death of a dog gets shot by some punks in a restaurant yeah yeah that's i have several thoughts about that scene sorry were you gonna say anything else about that no what were you gonna say well you know it is a very unrealistic and which is a good thing in that case because it's sort of just like a dog that's lying on the ground and then has some like some like meat on it and it's like oh thank god this like does not look realistic otherwise it would be very disturbing um but that scene in general is pretty disturbing i mean like those, you know, those punks are about to rob the restaurant. They're about to rape the blind woman who the Toxic Avenger then saves and they kill the dog. And then like the Toxic Avenger kills three of them in pretty gruesome ways. And that's like that scene in particular to me is a perfect example where I'm like, I, it's this movie's not that entertaining if it's like this kind of like if it's trying to like shock you so much. I don't know. It's hard for me to really enjoy that kind of thing. You know, no, I, you're right. I, I mean, it's like a nine. No, it's an 80 minute movie. It's mm -hmm. it's short, but halfway through, maybe around that part, I thought, OK, if this is just one one elaborate set piece after another, you know, it does grow tiresome uh, after a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That is that's the worst part of the movie to me. And like it honestly kind of lost me at that point. You would think maybe like the kid getting his head run over at the beginning would be the moment where I'm like, oh, this is too far. But like I was weirdly OK with that. It's not until like the, that scene where I'm like, uh, I don't think I enjoy this very much anymore. Yeah, I was just like it was almost like a like a novelty and the novelty right. wore off. And then I wasn't really left with a story that was as compelling as it may. It could have been. Yeah. So yeah, it's like I got to the end of 80 minutes and thought, OK, that was that was a lot of candy. And now I don't want to eat any more candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Let's watch a couple masterpieces and make up for it. <laughs> like some Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's just ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. Well, let's let's go back to the good stuff for a moment. Is there Are there any other good qualities in this movie that you want to highlight? Yeah. Um, oh, I did like the design of the Toxic Avenger. I felt like it was reminiscent of makeup in uh, a Burt I. Gordon film, the Human Cyclops, which <laughs> is ooh, 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 not the Human Cyclops. Well, that too, but um, the sequel to The Amazing Colossal Man. You've talked about this movie before, although I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah, man, I type in human Cyclops movies and I get everything but what I'm looking for. <laughs> Justice for Bert I. Gordon. You shared an article about him with me recently about um, his uh, origins in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is also where Orson Welles is from. A really fascinating article. I love that. Oh, I didn't realize. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. Uh, the Colossal Beast. So it's just um, War of the Colossal Beast. Just the way that his Toxie's face is misshapen and one eye is bulging. It's If you look up War of the Colossal Beast, you'll see what I'm talking about with the face makeup. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I like that. Maybe maybe it was a, a little nod to past um, B-movies. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Wow, that, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. And that's a good movie, too. I would recommend. Huh. Maybe it'll be on the podcast in the future. We'll oh, find out. If only. If only we <laughs> let's do some more Bird Eye Gordon. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, and I think it, and I think the movie just made me actually think about the, the right to, it's a philosophical question. It's a moral question, but you know, do criminals deserve more just punishment than what they're given in this movie? Mm. You know, I was kind of like, Oh man, like they're, they're getting killed in some really nasty ways. And I don't think that that fits their crime, but maybe it does. I don't know. It's, that's a moral question. Yeah. Like whatever happened to like a trial, you know, by your peers or whatever, you know, like do the court of justice, whatever it's called. I'm due getting process. due process. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The backbone of the American system. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe the toxic Avenger is saying like in this kind of like corrupt 80s society, that sort of thing doesn't apply anymore, you know? Right. Yeah. I think it's total thematic element there. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, for sure. I think it is pretty funny at times intentionally, although it is often offensive, even when it's being funny. <laughs> uh, I do. So there are two like flamboyant gay men in the health club. Uh, oh, yeah. Their names are are Bruce and Chauncey. And uh, <laughs> I have to admit, they're really funny. I mean, you know, I, I feel bad. I, like the, the actors, I have to appreciate the actors who must have been like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they seem to be having the time of their lives and they're very, very funny. So shout out to the guys who played Bruce and Chauncey. They were great. <laughs> uh, and again, like, I think like in it's kind of like very juvenile way, this movie does have something to say about the like the social climate that it came out in. Uh, another kind of funny thing is that one of the police officers, I think is the police chief in Tromaville, talks in a german accent and like sort of seems to be doing like a nazi salute at times yeah uh and i was like wow this movie seems to be saying that the police are fascists i was not really expecting that but okay okay you know? yeah i can buy that um so yeah for as like offensive and shocking as this movie tries to be it also seems unexpectedly liberal which is just kind of a weird oh yeah contradiction in a way yeah if not liberal um uh what's the word where you're just um ah, libertarian mm, yeah it's just like That's probably a, free, a better way to put it. it's just a free-for-all yeah yeah like nothing is sacred everything is worthy of uh ridicule yeah yeah the yeah all right all that's right. good, that's good point <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah I'll, I'll save my political commentary for uh, about libertarians in particular for another time <laughs> okay can't wait <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I could, I could tell yeah it's gonna be a great conversation i promise um well all right so we've we've already talked about a lot of the bad do you want to elaborate on the bad stuff in the toxic avenger yeah i mean i'm not gonna beat this dead horse because i think the movie intentionally goes out of its way to exaggerate and make fun of everybody which is which is a style so you can't really i don't think it's fair to criticize a work of art that that intentionally does that because you're just like okay sure it's like mel brooks he makes fun of everybody and we love him for it yeah <laughs> um with that said it grew a little tiresome the the blind jokes um because they weren't even like clever blind jokes and she was acting really she was yeah just acting blind instead of like trying to just be a blind person whatever that means <laughs> um same with the autism. That's what I was thinking. The mental impairment. Yeah. Um, the portrayal in the beginning was just, just grew a little tiresome because I'm not 13 anymore. <laughs> not that I have a refined taste or anything, but, but I, I have outgrown my worst impulses from when I was a teenager, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I would make fun of people just because I was a teenager and I didn't know any better. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is kind of a perfect movie for 13-year-old boys, which is like uh, the worst, well, not the worst thing you can say about it, but it just sums it up very neatly, you know? Yeah, I would have loved this had I seen it 20 years ago. Yeah. Classic, stands the test of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Citizen Kane of the 1980s. <laughs> I, I think for me, like the, you know, I mentioned like how kind of like just gross and mean spirited it is a lot of the time. And that's the worst thing about it. But, I, you know, it just frustrates me when like there are elements that are well made in this movie. 
Like I, it has something on its mind. I think the gore effects are pretty well done. And to me, it's just like, all right, you're capable of making a good movie. Why not just make a good movie? Like why be proud about making this sort of like cartoonish movie with bad dialogue, bad performances, like way over the top. Like you could be, I, you know, I mean, this is just like a subjective thing or maybe like a principle thing where it's like, you know, why intentionally make a bad movie? And I, like, I, you know, I love Troll 2 to a certain extent. I love Plan 9 from Outer Space because like, it's not intentionally trying to make a, they're not trying to make bad movies. Like there's a lot of like uh, creativity and like passion behind them. And it's kind of just like this weird, surreal confluence of events that result in these like preposterous movies, you know? But with the Toxic Avenger, they're trying to make a bad movie. And I think that's a very important distinction, you know? Right. It is. I think they make a good bad movie, but it does. Yeah, it's an, 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 an intangible difference between that and something Ed Wood would make. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that limits my admiration for this a little bit. What about the campy? What do you got? Uh, Two things. There's a part when... The character, before he becomes a toxic Avenger, he gets uh, thrown out the window and he lands in the the toxic waste. Mm-hmm. And a police officer goes to help him and the cop's hands explode in fire. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this is so awesome. <laughs> and then this, <laughs> my favorite thing, the campiest film part of this movie for me is the character who calls himself Cigar Face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous, yeah. Like it's a Dick Tracy comic from the 40s. Cigar <laughs> Face. <laughs> and he's like, uh, just like the worst possible like drug dealer pimp type guy, right? Like yeah. just a horrible, horrible criminal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, Cigar Face. Like that whole scene is really ridiculous. Um yeah, that's the first time that we see the Toxic Avenger sort of like um, met out, meet out his vigilante justice. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it, that is a fun scene. It's so over the top for sure. Uh, so, I, you know, I think the campiest moment for me maybe is like also towards the beginning before Melvin is turned into the Toxic Avenger. The, the prank that the bullies in the health club put him through is they like make him put on like a pink tutu and then they like force him to like kiss his sheep that has lipstick on it um that whole scene is like very dumb and goofy yeah so that's you know <laughs> it is what it is i mean it's it, it's funny in its own way but definitely like very cartoonish and and pretty campy yeah and i love yeah. that the toxic avenger continues to wear the pink tutu that is funny that is yeah. a good joke yeah, that's great sure. yeah <laughs> also just in general like the 80s vibe like the sort of like thin carpet in the health club and like all the like really disgusting spandex that everybody wears yeah it's like man the 80s were like an ugly wasteland you know <laughs> maybe not campy per se but i there's there's i don't know it's like a train wreck to like look at the like vibe and aesthetic of this movie you know yeah it's a it's a bit of a, a time capsule yeah yeah for sure um all right well i think we're at the time when we we give our rating shall we yeah let's do it all right cool all right so as as always on camp kaiju we have four ratings here our highest rating is it's a timeless classic and definitely stands the test of time number two there may be some antiquated moments but overall it's great and stands the test of time number three it may be historically significant or just fun but it does not stand the test of time and our lowest ranking it is not worth revisiting and definitely does not stand the test of time. If you'd like, I can go first and leave you with the final word. Sure. Okay. So there are some things that I kind of appreciate about this movie, but I have to go by the letter of our ranking system here. Um, We're nothing at Camp Kaiju if not strict and regimented. So I would say that this is not worth revisiting and definitely does not stand the test of time. To me, it is not really historically significant. I guess you could say that it's sort of like, spawned a whole franchise and all that stuff i don't think it's really all that fun because it is so gross and so mean-spirited so yeah i'm gonna have to give it our lowest ranking wow i'm gonna wow i'm i'm surprised i thought you (laughs) would i thought you would i thought you would give it the second lowest that's where i'm gonna go okay Um, i think there are some fun moments 
and I think you know I I I haven't explored the sequels. Ironically, I'm not interested in in exploring the sequels. <laughs> I will, but I'll acknowledge the cultural touchstone of the film, um, and give it that that rating. But I don't think on its own it stands the test of time. I think if you come at this, it's all about sensibility and your personal taste. But but for me. I'm like, yeah, maybe watch it once so we could talk about it. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. I, I kind of thought I would like it more too, but it, it does not stand the test of time. Not for me anyway. No, not for me either. But maybe all of you out there, or some of you out there anyway, will feel differently. So if so, please drop us a line and let us know. Definitely. I would love to talk more about this movie. For sure. This, Yeah, I mean, it definitely has its defenders, so... We would love to hear from you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for hanging out. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend to leave a rating and a review and visit CampKajuMovieReviews.com or Instagram for more monster movie content. We cannot thank you enough. Camp Kaju is recorded in Minneapolis, St. Paul with theme music by Terrence Jackson and Mina's Mailbox music by Ben Cook Feltz. Camp Kaju is sponsored by Zach Linder and the Zach Pack, powered by Coldwell Banker Realty, your source for real estate, home rehab, fixing and flipping for investor clients, and residential buyers. Reach out to the Zach Pack today for real estate services, follow Zach Pack on social media, and contact the Zach Pack for investment opportunities. Links in the bio. Well, if it ain't cigar face, what are you and your buy friends up to? We brought you a little present from the boss. Here. <laughs> no way. You're wasting your time. No, that's where you're wrong. You're wasting our time. Now, you're going to find out why they call me Cigar Face. Ah! Ah!